So two mirrors are sitting in a bar, and one mirror says to the other mirror, The other mirror says, Well, Frank, how much have you had to drink tonight? First episode of 2011. Woo! I didn't even get to say what episode it was uh, or, or what they're listening to. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I was a little preemptive there with my woo. Yeah, that you jumped your woo. Precursor woo. Does that mean if I target your woo, all other woos are targeted? Uh, per, maybe. I what? <laughs> anyway, so this is episode 11, and uh, of dredging for humor. Did I already say that? Mm, I don't know if you have yet or not. From the unforeseeable, possibly deleted past. So, speaking of the past, you know what's really awesome? Hmm. Technology, because that allows me to know that I didn't actually say that. And so, therefore, welcome to Dredging for Humor, episode 11. I'm going to say it again, no matter what. It doesn't matter. You can't stop me. Makes me want to commit memoricide. Yeah. I, I, you know what makes me want to commit memoricide? Who? Something I'd love to wipe from my memory. What? Uh, the new magic show. The new magic show. Yeah, you haven't caught Evan Urban's show lately? No, I mean it's been. Actually, I haven't watched it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. He's now in front of the camera. What? Yeah, definitely in front of the camera. I and, don't understand. And he's taking a couple of swings at it now. Wait, so he, so he got rid of all the digital effects and the like writing over cards to make them funny and. Yeah, now it's him and uh, this other guy, Glenn Jones. The wait, what? It's him and another guy. Yeah, and like I said, he's taking a couple swipes at it. The first one was really rough as he was trying to get like an idea or kind of put a show together, which I can give him a lot of space for that. He's doing some major changes with his show, like you know, Evan Irwin. I, he's a huge. He's he's like inspiration, you know, to me. I I think that that's he's one of the reasons that I definitely do the show. I I mean, I totally love Evan Irwin and his humor and his brand of humor and the his I mean, he's got a lot going for him for sure. But he's got this new thing going on with this other guy, Glenn Jones, who uh they did this show, the the magic show a couple weeks ago and it was really really rough and there were a lot of bad comments and constructive criticism and not so constructive criticism and it was kind of crazy and uh so then there was this this other video that Evan put up of him sitting in the basement like almost like a Star City Games Witch Project and saying sorry for what was going on. Like he apologized for how crappy that episode was. And and then the next episode he sat down 
with this guy, Glenn Jones. And you're giving me this look. Obviously, you haven't seen this. I'm waiting for a punchline. I'm waiting for a... I don't know what I'm waiting for. It's way too long to be a joke. I mean, like, I'm already terrified this is real. This is real. This is something that I wanted to talk about. Okay, so so you're saying Irwin changed his show. He's with another guy, and this is the new magic show for Star City Games. Yes, and uh, and you, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. Here, I'm, I'm going to pause the show for a minute uh, and and show you this crap, and and we'll come right back. Okay. wasn't so bad it was it had its it had, it had its almost moments it was the it was the cheaper generic pantyhose of magic tv what about when he chuckled at that awkward moment like he had no reason to chuckle it was like he had an internal thought that he didn't it, like nobody knew what he was thinking there he just chuckled it, it that it, it was clammy that part was especially clammy i felt a little good but erwin was great i mean you know it's but it's also weird because erwin's just more there than he has been before, which was everywhere. And now that he's more there, he's actually not everywhere like he used to be, like this omnipresent voice, which was awesome. Bring back the omnipresent voice. But he's solidified in a person. Well, I miss the the constructive kitty stuff in the background, all of the little pictures, the little comments, uh, the, the snark. I miss the snark. I And I feel you. I feel you. And I know that sometimes, you know, Erwin would point to the card and the card wouldn't appear. And you're like, what, what? the hell is he pointing at? And then the card appears and he's almost kind of like, I'm still pointing. Is the card there? I mean, there were just moments. There were there were a little offbeat moments, but Erwin wasn't bad. It's I think we'll get I think we'll get a little more used to Erwin. Right, right. I have no problem with Erwin, but what what is going on with this Glenn Jones guy? That's what I want to know. What's going on with this guy? Um, you know, I think I it, maybe Greg's a little camera shy. I think that uh, maybe just maybe a little bit more time in front of the camera. Greg's got a hard job, right? He's got a real hard job. And you got to think about the position he is sitting in. Now, you know, you're waking up in the morning. You're Greg. You're waking up in the morning. It's it's Glenn. And, right. You're waking up in the morning and you're like, I'm Greg Jones. He wakes up in the morning and says, I'm Glenn Jones. Okay, so Greg Jones gets out of bed. He goes, he goes, gets in his car, he drives to the uh, place where he's filming this with Irwin Star City Games' back room, back lot, whatever, and he's sitting there, and he's, you know, you've got Evan Irwin. You have this name in these gigantic block letters next to his name that people have known for years, whispered about more than... John Finkel. I mean, Evan has just, he's, the niche is all about Evan. He made the niche go niche. Like the whole thing just went that way. All the community that was built, huge block letter name, 
Right next to him, Greg Jones. It's Glenn Jones, and, and I'll give him that. He's got some pressure sitting next to Evan Irwin, who is tomorrow. Tiny little letters, Greg. Glenn. Glenn Jones. His name is Glenn Jones. Okay, so... They're on the show. They get in front of that camera. Irwin can roll. He's rolled with the best of them. He's done 150 million shows. He's been there on camera talking to Pro Tour, you know, uh, winners, uh, world's winners, crazy, crazy competition. I think Greg's maybe played. I think he's a Greg's a player. I don't know. Yeah, I he's definitely wrong. a player. Right. So he, you know, I'm, I, 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 his name is familiar to me outside of this. But it's slightly familiar. It's not like I can give somebody the look when they don't know who Greg Jones is it's, that I can give uh, them to Evan Irwin. Like, if they uh, don't know who Evan Irwin is, here comes a look. Greg Jones, meh. Glenn. And you got to think, it's hard. It is hard to sit there and act so free of the responsibilities of emotion. When someone is so energetic and excited about everything next to you and everything that's great about magic, it is hard. It is absolutely hard to have that kind of air about you that would make Vulcans call you a hard ass. I mean, it's not easy to be that emotionless. Yeah, yeah, Glenn is kind of emotionless. You know, he's that, that paycheck that he gets for sitting in that chair... That says Greg Jones, 550 whatever thousands he gets. That that is tough, man. You don't know. You've never been in front of a camera like Greg has. You know, it's he's got that obligation and responsibility every week to sit there and go, how are people gonna notice me? How are they gonna see me? Next to this guy. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. People are not going to remember me in a year. Yeah, I, that, that begs the question. I wonder if we will remember Glenn, Glenn Jones. Glenn Jones in a year. Man, Greg's got it tough. Do you suffer from the embarrassment of not being able to control your deck? Do you find that you play out in your first couple of turns? You hope that someday you'll be able to mana up enough to get your worm coil engine onto the battlefield and keep it attacking? You may be one of millions of sufferers of pre-release syndrome, a common condition that with time and patience can be managed. I'm Mocha Sopel, CEO of Silvox Life Universal Technologies, and I would like to introduce the new Silvox Staff Life course, available to you on six DVDs or four Betamax cassettes. At Silvok Life Universal Technologies, our scientists, through intensive study and hours of hands-on research, have created the solution to your problem. With our program, you will master the four basic principles used by pro players when they are confronted with issues like timing, pace, and protection. You will learn many useful techniques, such as when to use a fulgent distraction, how to buy time with tunnel ignis, as well as the importance of using that shield to keep your bellowing tangled worm untapped. of one payment of one and one more installment of one, you will receive everything you need to equip the staff life course to your life. This is Mocha Sopal, begging you not to sacrifice this opportunity to improve your game. I'm so glad we're on to our second segment. Me too. I don't want to think about Greg Jones anymore. No, I'm, I'm pretty good on Glenn. 
So one of the other things that we really wanted to talk about, especially because there's so much BS to talk about. I mean, Besieged is on its way, and... Yes, it's. I'm. I'm kind of excited. I mean, we now have twice as many infect creatures, which makes infect a lot cooler, and we have about three times as many proliferate cards, which makes proliferate pretty cool. And so, like infectolate, infectolate, uh huh, prolif effect, prolif. Prolif effect. Uh-huh, exactly. And there's a lot going on there, but but the thing that we'd like to talk about now yes, and yes, especially yes. put out there is a huge, uh, huge heartfelt thank you to Conley Woods. Oh, the biggest one in the world. Biggest one in the world. Uh, so uh, some of you may have listened to the episode where we were at the Grand Prix. It's uh, The episode is, did you take a left in Albuquerque or did you say left in Albuquerque? See, I can't even remember what our show titles are. It doesn't matter, though, right? Uh, not really. So in that show, you there's a sob story from the dude about how he lost his play mat oh. with all the signatures on it. And, and you know, he, he went on talk and about on. That. I can't talk about that anymore because it's gotten better and I promised that I would not complain about it. And and much to our surprise, Conley Woods actually likes our show and listens to it. And he took uh, pity on the dude. Huge, huge pity. Droves of pity. Droves of pity. Droves of pity. Much much sympathy. Reach inside me like Mola Ram from Indy 2 and touched my heart. Yes. And in, in by doing that, what Conley Woods had done, uh, being the kind and generous soul that he is, yes. he sent... A package to dredging for humor. Amen. Right around the holidays, it was it was and it was kind of a rough time, but that particular day was good. Girlfriend got good news on the phone from her insurance company. They're going to pay for shit, and you appeared in my doorway like the golden child, like what Eddie Murphy was seeking in his film. Yeah, it, it, it was awesome because I had, I was sitting at home and I was just kind of watching the boob tube, shuffling through magic stuff, uh, you know, computer, watching YouTube anyway, and and just kind of zoning out. And I got a knock on my door, uh-huh. and I opened the door, and and there was a guy in you know in a uniform, uh-huh. and he handed me a package. Okay, and I was like, oh my god. Really, this is from Conley Woods. The, the, the package that Conley had been like posting to us about, like, "Hey guys, yeah. keep an eye out in the mail. Send me your address." Right, and this happened like just like a day before we put out our last show. Is that right? Like we were all ready to go to show, right? And it was like the total timing was off. So yeah, yeah so, he had had to so wait a, a full show, which was an eternity. It's Sorry. a delayed thanks. Thank you so much. Um, so, so what package. was in the package? What well, we got this card, and it was an awesome oh, card, and so it just was so full of Little standard kitty. Conley humor, and uh, you know, inquiring as to which day we uh, celebrated, uh, if it was a sacrifice of Virgin Day or not, and which is coming up in a future episode. We've decided to add that on. Right, and so. It was it was awesome, but but the package itself, and I had predicted it. I knew what it was going to be when he said he was sending something. I was like, it's not going to be monkeys in a barrel or popcorn, those snakes, the snakes that come out of the popcorn, caramel corn thing. I knew it was going to send something like that because he's got class. And Conley Wood's class was so big that I handed the package to the dude, and he opened it up, and what was inside? What was inside was the most amazing playmat a human being could ever conceive of and beyond it had at least 30 pro player signatures on it and not just pro players like Irwin Irwin is on my mat you know with a little magic quote like this mat got passed around to some of the best and brightest in the community and was signed and Conley Woods topped it all off at the top with a great phrase don't lose this one 
Right. Amazing. It has like Guillaume Matignon. Yep. Brian Kibler. Yep. Patrick Chapin. Name it. Uh, who else is it's, on there? Erwin's uh, uh, on there. Uh, we've got uh, PVDs on there. Uh, we've got, um, let's see, we've got... Brad Nelson. Brad Nelson is on here. Um, Rich Hagon is on here. And right below him, Manfredson. He's on here, and he's awesome. Yeah, he's by far one of my favorite players. Watch all of his draft videos, but not nearly to the extent... That I watch Conley Woods' draft videos oh, because they are the best. They're the best. I was they just, are the best. I have to say that watching Conley draft on uh, Channel Fireball is a good connection. They're also on YouTube. You, they're all through Channel Fireball's uh, website uh, or their their uh, page on yes. on YouTube. Go there first. And uh, just listening to him and the jokes and the inner workings of Conley Woods' brain is entertaining, just to say the very least. So even if it's a poor draft, which I haven't seen him draft poorly, uh, I mean, much. Well, he's, I mean, I think that right now Wizards should create a special award just for him that is like um, uh, a comedian-turned-pro player. Like, we need that as an award so that, you know, people like Conley can be recognized in the com- you know community, and it can also encourage certain nerds to actually have a sense of humor. Like, I think that's very important for at least some Magic players to have a sense of humor. Yeah, definitely, because, you know... It's, Conley leads the way. He, he definitely does. So his draft videos, but I was watching, I was watching one of his uh, Masters Edition 4 online drafts, and, uh-huh. and he had picked the red gin, the three red gin, and he was like, oh, that's Troy Palomalu. And so he picks Troy Palomalu, and watching that whole interaction of him, like, oh, Troy Palomalu's coming to save the day, and it was just this awesome deck. I mean, he had an incredible deck. Uh, no one, no one rocks the woods like the woods. That's true. You know, I Conley, we appreciate everything you have done for this show, for us, meeting us in Portland, um, the mat, the encouragement to keep doing it. He is he was the one pro player that asked us if we are actually podcasting. I mean, not that I was expecting droves. I mean, I'm happy we have one. Don't get me wrong. But he did ask us if we would be podcasting from um uh, Grand Prix Portland. Right. And I mean, it was so encouraging. It was awesome. It was like, uh, not really, but maybe, you know, and then it was like, it was just, we talked about it all the way home. It's true. It was really awesome to, to, to talk to him, which, which brings us to the next point, which is that we have promised Conley that we would buy him a burger. Yes. And, and if at any time that he would like to sit down and potentially, you know, podcast with us, I'd love to do an interview with him. It would be great to just talk to him about how he uses his humor to deal with the day-to-day magic stuff and, and just how he interlaces it how, it, how his humorous existence interlaces with magic, because there's so much that we could learn from him in actually being funny, you know, because it's, it's, it's not like we're really that funny. No. So, so, you know, it's, we could learn a lot from him. So like That's proven down, by the fact we take donations right exactly of humor uh, anything really clothes food canned food absolutely Some shelter we'll take we'll take shelter tents um but it would be great to sit down and podcast with him but even if we can't interview him what we would really like to do is worlds is coming to san francisco that's huge that's huge we're going to be talking about every episode at least mentioning it once at least once and we're going to be there probably as a diversion actually when we can't think of anything else to say we'll mention worlds in san francisco that's good i'm gonna write that down right now Uh uh-huh and if you are the third caller 
when we mention World San Francisco, um, you have no life. All right. So what were you saying? So what I'm saying is that so instead of buying Conley a burger, we're upping the ante and we are offering to take Conley Woods to Espedes. Espedes, it's a Brazilian charascura that allows uh, you to sit and eat all-you-can-eat beef. Everybody comes around, beef on a stick. It's endless meat. It it's is it's not just land. beef. It's meat. It's, it's, it's meat meats of all kinds. Right. Barbecued, beautiful, barbecued, Brazilian-style meat. Like meat that is as beautiful as their women. Yes. I'm sorry. I had to remember what country we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Brazil. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, home of the Brazilian which is a very popular hairstyle. Right, exactly. So anyway, they come around to your table. They serve you meat off of skewers, beautifully barbecued. and Yeah, check out their website. It's like Espedis. That's right, Espedis.com. It's well worth checking out. Uh, we haven't been there, but we uh, are going to check it out while we're at Worlds. We're just hoping that Conley Woods will take us up on the offer of buying him dinner at Espedis. Yes, yes, we will make this happen, Conley, if you are available. I don't know if you're going to be playtesting like Matt or whatever, but if we can make this happen, we owe you big time. Thank you so much for the Matt. Thank you for all the kind words and listening. We hope you're listening now. Um, you are Conley Woods. And uh, it's it's awesome to have this kind of a connection with a pro player. I think we should start, based on his action, because the Woods has paid his dues, I think we should push for a pro player make-a-wish foundation kind of deal where we have received our wish. We've got – well, I've received my wish. Mm-hmm. We can share the mat too. Um, but, you know, whatever. Like we need to start pushing for like – Chapin and Kibler and all these other PVD and LSV and all these other guys to just reach out to one sad-ass casual player. One poor man's kitchen table. I'm going to play these 60 cards in my five different colors. One of those guys and give them something they're going to cherish forever. Not herpes. Something like a play set of, I don't know, a nice card you got laying around that one that made you famous, like, like from, um, from Chapin, like a play set of, what was that card that he and Nassif went through that had the, oh God, I, I this is terrible because we got corrected on it in an earlier episode, but the one where he and Chapin are facing off and they're turning over that card that's allows you to replay that card for every spell you cast this turn. Yeah, that one. So, wow, you're actually sweating. That's incredible. I'm I'm pissed that I don't remember it because I'm going to get recorrected on this fracking deal. People are going to write back in and be like, "Hey, you idiot! I haven't listened to your show, and just what do you know? I turned on your show again, and you're talking about the same stupid thing and getting it wrong like you did last time." You know, I, I wish I could spark your you know your recollection. I can't remember. It's like. <sighs> I mean, if if only I could light a fire for you to to work it out. For it had storm. It, I the card had storm. The card had storm. It allowed you to play multiple copies. It was from Time Spiral. You know, I wish I could help you ignite your memory. I have no idea. But we should move on anyway. I think I love your yeah. plan. I would love to see Patrick Chapin or Brian Kibler or LSV take a casual player under their wing. You know, it would it would be amazing. You know, like just imagine how that how that 
casual player would feel. Just what 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 do you envision when you think about a casual player getting the gift? What I mean, what did you envision? I I thought I thought of the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar meets the kid in the just outside the men's room where he throws him the Pepsi, I, and the kid's like, "Whoa!" Wait, wait, you're talking about the me, Mean Joe Green Coke commercial where he throws him a jersey. It wasn't Pepsi? No, it was a Coke commercial. And it wasn't Kareem? No, it was Mean Joe Green. Yeah. The little kid, Mr. Green, Mr. Green. And he's like, yeah. what do you want? You know that that commercial? Yeah. Yeah. So it was Mean Joe Green. And and actually, that, that inspires me. Hey, Bob, are you going to the Mirrored BS pre-release? No, I don't think so. Why not, Bob? I just don't feel like doing the pile shuffle all day. Oh, no. Are you not feeling well? No, the infection is back. Well, you could bring your inflatable donut, Bob. It popped at the last pre-release. Well, that's never good. You can't patch it? No, it's, it's a real problem. Well, here, Bob, how about this Preparexian age? How about you try some of this? All right, I'll, I'll try it. How do you feel, Bob? Are you ready to spread your sickness? Have you or a loved one suffered through the horrifying realization that after using Preparexian H, a blistered stick shaman's diagnosis showed an infection of flenser mites, a case of phyresis, or poisonous virulent wounds that have spread sickness throughout the body? If you are one of the millions who live with the daily effects of poison in your world, you should pick up your phone and call us immediately at Mir Mir and Crusader, as you may be entitled to a cash payment as part of a clash action lawsuit against Norn Pharmaceuticals. So don't wait. Call now and let Mir Mir and Crusader help you make all of this just a distant memory. We'd like to thank the sponsors of uh, that last commercial break. And during that last commercial break, we actually watched the new magic show with uh, Evan Irwin and his new uh, co-host, Steve Satan. Things changed this fast. Yes. Yeah, yes. Amazing. I, Woo! I, I, I really actually do appreciate the show better. At least it's nice to see Steve. Uh, he had some personality. Just look at the camera a little bit more. Just pretend you're staring out here looking at me, Steve, and and everything will be fine. That's I, that's all I think he needs to do. I I really hope that uh, that uh, Greg is okay. Yeah, I, I I feel bad for Greg. So anyway, enough about that. But this uh, this last Saturday, we went to the uh, pre-release CC in in uh, Crescent City, California, which uh-huh. is just short of the border of Oregon on the coast side. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right there, actually, right on the ocean for the most part. And it's called Crescent City because it's shaped like a crescent. And part of the town was actually hit by a tsunami. Like we were standing under this one awning. That was representative of how far the water had reached during a tsunami in '64. Yes, it was. I think it was '64, and it was. It, it's interesting to think that there was a tsunami that came in that far and actually hit this little town. There's pictures of it. I've seen the pictures of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, we ended up at this shop. The shop's name was a, a gamer's retreat. Yes. And Norris, the owner of the place, very friendly guy. Hi, Norris. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Norris. That was a, a very good experience, one of the best I've ever had. There were 16 players, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they were all super friendly. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of the shops I used to go play at in the mid-'90s when I was first starting to play this game. Yeah, and you know what else I have to mention about Norris's place is that uh, beautiful bathrooms. And two of them, like I went into one twice and the other one once, both of them impeccably clean. I was astonished. It was as if I had stepped 
out of my regular, you know, understanding of the bathrooms in your average game store into uh, a heaven of porcelain. It was like a portal to the porcelain? It was a portal to the porcelain. It was just incredibly clean. You know, the weirdest thing happened for me yesterday is that I didn't pee. Like, it's an hour drive from where we are to Crescent City. Right. And... And windy. And windy. Right. And I did not urinate. Well, I did urinate at the Burger King. Uh-huh. But I did, and I drank a big 16-ounce cup of coffee, and it had like eight other ounces of coffee, and then halfway there, we filled up my 16-ounce coffee again. So I'd had something like 46,000 ounces of coffee by this point. And we stopped at Burger King. I uh, relieved myself. I got a soda. I drank half the soda. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and still I didn't I didn't I don't think I I didn't I did not urinate until nine o'clock that night. Now see, I had a, a single cup of coffee and a root beer at the game store, and that was enough to turn me into a complete fire hose. I was very glad that at this strange game shop that we had gone to, and I mean, you know, alien in terms of we had never been there before, very clean bathrooms. See, I feel like I missed out on something clean. since I didn't have to pee. Clean bathrooms, nice players, plenty of space to play. Would definitely go back. Next time, hit the head. I, I would definitely. Definitely uh-huh. going to do that. I would make it a point. Even if you don't play, just say, hey. I'm in Crescent City. I am going to stop by a gamer's retreat and use their facilities. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That, that sounds like a brilliant plan. Yep. Could completely, could completely go there with my girlfriend. You know, and the chairs were comfortable. Yeah, they had casino chairs. That they the did casino chairs, and that should you know. I think, I think uh, Norris should consider adding that maybe as a subtitle to his business, a gamers retreat. Right underneath it, quote: "We have casino chairs," because that would bring me in right there. Absolutely, I know a lot of people that that would bring in. That would really bring in the older ladies crowd. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Get them to uh, start up a little sealed with the. All right. Okay, we should move on. Anyway, so what what faction did you choose yesterday? Uh, yesterday I went uh, Phyrexian, and I'm glad because I was the only one. <laughs> That's so not true. Sorry. I went Phyrexian too. You know that I went Phyrexian too. Right? Yeah, that right. was uh, yeah. I uh, you know I think people that had been looking at spoilers and. Uh, you know, seen some of the cards that were coming out or even just in some kind of basic discussion with people, <clears throat> for the most part, went went that way. It yeah. just, yeah, the game store, I think, was pretty, you know, I'll be surprised if I read in some article, holy crap, everybody showed up and decided to play Mirren. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine that happening. Our uh, friend, the gag, he played Mirren. He did, he and, did. And he went two and two. Yeah. Which, which was, was pretty good. You know. And what did you go? What was your record yesterday? I I had the most messed up record yesterday. I went uh one zero one in the first round. Uh and then I went uh two zero in my second round, two one in my third round, and one two in my fourth. Interesting. Yeah, I went two one in my first round. Oh, no, I went 1-2 in my first round. I lost my first round. I swept my second round, swept my third round, and got swept on my fourth round. And I ended up in sixth place. How many Infect decks did you play? Only one other Infect deck. Oh, no, I played two Infect decks, one in the beginning and one in the end. The ones that I lost to were actually Infect decks. Yeah, that was pretty much my situation. I, I played against one Mirren deck yesterday. And, uh, yeah, no, I just the decks I tended to lose to were just better 
that are built in fact decks. Yeah, exactly. They just had a little bit more to them, a little bit more gusto uh-huh, uh-huh. That, that mine just didn't seem to have. Uh-huh. But I had great cards. I mean, I, I cracked a Glissa. Uh-huh. That was nice. I, I got a Mind Slaver. So after going Phyrexia, you now have two two Glissas you yes. can play with, which yes. is very, very Oh, she's so good. She's She has a lot... There's there's a lot to her. I think she's going to go a long way. Okay, so explain to me this combo that you were talking about. So Glissa and Mindslaver. So you get Mindslaver into play, you crack it, and you control their next turn. Okay. So what you do is you run their smallest little guy that Glissa can block into there and kill it. When it goes to the graveyard, you grab your Mindslaver. It comes back to your hand. Uh-huh. And then you untap all your lands. You play your Mindslaver. Uh-huh. You crack it. Uh-huh. You control their turn. Uh-huh. You make a little guy run into Glissa. Uh-huh. And then you bring Mindslaver back. <coughs> pretty pretty disgusting. Very nice. Nice yeah. little... And while I didn't actually get to pull that combo off, there was a player who did pull that combo off yesterday. Uh-huh. Which, bleh, just sick. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. I also got a Molten Tell Masticore, which I got two Mythics, which was pretty stoked hey. for me. That's that's happy. Oh, three mythics because Gliss is a mythic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call on the mythics. Wow, I, I got lucky. I didn't actually even get a mythic yesterday in any of my packs. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. You did get another blue black land. I did. I I completed my playset of uh, dark slick places. Mm-hmm. Shores, dark slick shores. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else did I get? I got. Well, go ahead. Did you finish up? Is that? Oh, that I, I just got a couple other rares. I got sure. the I got the Phyrexian Revoker, which is nice. Pithing Needle on a stick. I'll take him any day. I'd like to have a playset. Uh, Distant Memories. Uh, I I don't know if there's a use for that card. We'll see. And I got an Engulfing Slagworm. Now the Engulfing Slagworm. Which which one was that? It's the seven seven that if it. Blocks, whenever it blocks or becomes blocked, destroy the creature blocking or it, it is blocked by and you gain life. Sounds like banding. That's terrible. <laughs> banding sucked. Yeah, yeah, well, it's blocked by or blocks with the blocking factor. You need to make sure that it's blocked or be able to block by the blocker. Right, so what else did you get? You got some Dark Slick Places. Yeah, I got uh, Dark Slick Places. I got uh, my my pick out of all of my rares, my big ooh, whoops, that I didn't even use. Uh, but I went ooh and put it in the sleeve and, you know, put it away, was I got a Green Sun's Penis. And wow, you it, should have that checked out. Well, I was happy that I actually got it because I knew it was worth something. You know, I wanted to kind of show it around. Come on, come on, dude. We're trying to clean up the show. Have you seen the art? Well, I have seen the art, and I think you might have me there. So I got uh, that. I got a uh, what is that spine of ish? Really? So that card? What do you think of that card? I think you must have Altoids if you're going to play it. Right, because I am playing the spine of ish. <laughs> Because yes. you have to say it that way. There's no other way. And by the time you finish saying it, you definitely have the land needed to pay for it. So I think that's a good... You just start on your third turn, and, and while they're playing their turn, it's just a long process of... Uh-huh. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Hmm. Um, so that, I got that. Um, oh, I got a Phyrexian Rebirth. Oh, yeah. Excellent card. Yes, very nice. It's, you know, 
Uh, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Sorry. Sorry. I got a little stuck there. Uh, what I think was uh, it wasn't quite as balmy as I would have liked it to be. It's going to be one of those cards that works for you or really works for you. And it's not going to do anything less than works for you. You know, I don't get me wrong on that. Um, but the benefit of putting the token into play, me. Right. So it was more like lip balm, not the bomb. Right, right. You know, don't get me wrong. Don't pass it in a draft or whatever. I mean, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed using it. It definitely won me a game here and there. Uh, but it was it was not, you know, when I was able to get that, that dude out or when I was able to use it, it was like it killed maybe three creatures. I didn't have some amazingly huge elemental on the board or something like that at the end or whatever it is. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't get very big. I mean, you'd have to have some sort of strategy to get enough creatures out there to get it big enough because... Yeah. I mean, yeah, viciously cyborgable against uh, you know some kind of weenie token deck would oh, be. Oh yeah, the any of them like the Cold Ultra Rebirth or the uh, the uh, Boros decks. I think it'd be a great card against those. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So I was happy to get that. So I was very happy with the cards I got. I was very happy with the people we played with. All very congenial, very nice. Um, good, good folks up there in Crescent City playing, playing some decent magic. I was happy. So, so what else, what was your star card yesterday? What was the best card that you played yesterday? You know, you go in and you're like, oh, this is going to be my bomb. And I got the, um, uh, I had the Phyrexian Rebirth and then I had the, the Demon, the, uh, Carnifex. Oh yeah. You know, so I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, these guys could potentially, you know hook me up, win me a game here or there, total bombs. They went in. Unfortunately, neither of them made my MVP list because things would either happen to them or I wouldn't be able to get to them, whatever it was. My MVP were the three, so three packs. In each pack, I opened a Spread the Sickness. See, that's so disgusting. I didn't get a Spread the Sickness. I so wanted one. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't play black with the cards that I got yesterday, at least in some form, I was simply not paying attention to the cards I opened. That was that is what I decided when I first opened my pool was, you know, I'm black and something, you know, and the, the crappy thing was, was that the other the other colors were kind of equally matched, you know, not many infect creatures in my green, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you played with the white infect creatures. You I had did. both of those in there. Which is why I ended up going three color. I'm like, you know, are these white, you know, infect creatures really going to hold up? And the answer, incredible, was yes. That white 1-4 Vidge, mm-hmm. uh, the priests of whatever, mm-hmm. the priests of Norm. The priests of Norm. The priests of Norm are vicious with equipment. Any kind, bladed pinions, giving you a little, you know, they're very nice. Uh, and the flyer, the infect flyer, I also got yesterday. So... I think my colors are actually pretty solid. Maybe I should have played with a little less green, a little more white, and just kind of offset the the standard infect strategy a little bit more. But yeah, my it was, I was hard. happy. The infect strategy for me was a little difficult. I didn't get a plague stinger. I didn't see an Iker claw mirror. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get a corpse cur. All of these these characters that I would normally build my deck up off of weren't there. I did get a rot wolf. I mean, that was uh-huh. kind of nice. And I did get a cyst bear. That was cool. Uh-huh. And I got a flesh eater imp, which was really yeah. awesome. And I got an uncle flenser mite. Uncle flenser. Yes. Yeah. And he, he was okay. He gained me a little bit of life and it really did me a lot of good in the poison mirror matches I was playing in, uh-huh. which was not so good, but I went two and two. I can't complain. I mean, I had a great time. It and was you a came great in day. Sixth. 
Yeah, I came in sixth. Yeah, rock on. Yeah, so you got a pack, one of each. One of each, yes. One of a, each. One faction. Phyrexian and one Mirren pack. And and you're not going to open either of these packs. I am not going to do it. Love them to the grave. That's right. Yeah, I ended up eighth myself and uh, took home one of the one of the packs. So, yeah, much more just really good time. And pre-releases by nature, I, I think, especially smaller ones, are really, really, for players that don't go to tournaments, that's a really good place for them to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's mean, a, that's, that's the, a great a first tournament experience is, uh-huh. is a small pre-release. Get a feel of the game shop. Get it, And that's why I kind of like bouncing around to smaller shops for pre-releases is, is that you get a real good feel of the normal folks that go there, you know. Right, which is why we'll continue this segment in future episodes. Yeah, so where are we going to next? Well, I think maybe Ukiah. The Uki- small shop in Ukiah? Yeah, the yeah. small shop in Ukiah. Maybe the small shop in Reading. Mm-hmm. See what that's all about. Then we could have a like a spectacular episode where we go to like a real big one just to talk about the. Sure. Right. Uh huh. Absolutely. Okay, but if we if we go to a metropolis, I get to pee in the street. Whatever you need to do. Well, it's it's a thing I have with big cities. Well, at this point, I think that uh, we should move on. We we don't have a lot more time in this segment. Uh-huh. Uh, but that, what what did you think of that comment card that they gave us? Or not the comment card. It felt like a comment card. I feel like felt like I should be numbering things on it. But the box checking, I'm a Phyrexian, I'm a Mirren card. It was it was a little unexpected. And, you know, I didn't – I mean, maybe stuff was out there on the internet about it before we went. But um, I didn't really expect it, didn't know what it was. At this point, I'm like, I'm building my deck. I'm just, what the hell is this? I didn't know if it was for the game shop or for Magic. or Then I read it. And uh, and I thought it was all right. Yeah, you know, the thing I liked best about it was that it actually promoted some social interaction between players. Um, social interaction that you wouldn't necessarily see. You know, people actually walking around going, are you Phyrexian? Are you Mirren? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a good thing, which, which then inspired me to uh, make up my own checkbox card for future, like, or at least recommendations. I thought, I, I thought I'd come up with some recommendations for wizards to, oh. to use on their next checkboxes. I like it. I like it. So just like we had players check. Okay, okay. So the first one I came up with was um, you remembered your deodorant today. Is that box checked? Right. So then, if of course, if you did put on your deodorant, and, and this could apply to anything. I mean, they could change it up for each one. It would be like, did you brush your teeth before this tournament? Did you brush your teeth? Uh, do you have Altoids if you didn't kind uh-huh. of thing? You get uh-huh. to check an extra box for that one. Uh-huh. You know, there uh, it, could, it could be other things like, did you put on clean clothes? Did you put on clean clothes this morning? So they'd get to check that box, and then they'd feel better about themselves, and that would help. So so then I started to think, well, it, you could do mundane things like, did you play with sleeves? Uh, you know, did you did you make sure to bring a box to protect your cards? You know, but th- that was just a little weak, I thought. And so, so I, I thought about uh, things like, I didn't stare at the only girl in the game shop. Yes, yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. I think you'd see a lot of unchecked boxes on that. Right, I, I think so too. I think that one would be really hard to achieve. I mean, that'd be like having a creature with power 10 or greater that's poison, like that one. That's that's like the same equivalency to that one. Breakthrough. Right. And then I, I thought about maybe, uh, what what if it was like, check, box, check this box if, if you won a game totally land screwed, like one with two or three lands... Uh-huh. Or totally mana flooded, like I only got four creatures out. Make your opponent initial it. Yes, exactly. They have to initial it and date it. <coughs> and uh, 
then there'd be some sort of promo you'd get if you mailed that in. Interesting. So, Interesting. so I, that was just a further idea on that one. Um, I, I also thought about like when you're drafting or playing in a sealed, if you, if you played a deck with less than 13, 13 or less playables, you'd get to check a box. <laughs> nice. Absolutely. I, I thought that was a good one. Um, I, I often see people quitting, and so and, and sometimes they do the rage quitting, you know. And and I thought, you know, if you rage quit three times during a tournament, you should definitely, definitely get to check a box. What do you think? Do you I think, think so? I think three rage quits, and you get to check an unchecked box. Somebody else's unchecked boxes um, as well. Maybe just maybe. while you're sure, rage quitting, you just check too. everybody else's boxes. Sure, just reach over and you know, like I quit. Throw your cards and then bam, bam, bam. Check their boxes. Exactly, exactly. And then while on the on the ideas of threes, I was I was thinking about uh, get to the third level of 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 uh, tilt the judge. Yes, you know, great, great game, great right. game. Uh, one to be used with caution. Yes, definitely, because it, it can cause problems. It's a little bit like chicken with the trains. You want to make sure that the timing is just right, or you could find yourself on another level. Right, and you get to check an extra box if it was actually the same judge all three times, and you didn't get disqualified. Okay, okay. So you know, you'd call him over the first time, and and he you'd ask him about some dumb thing that's totally legal. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, no, that's fine. And then the second time you call him over, you know, you you've actually made a mistake on purpose, and and you want to back it up so that you 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 know I've obviously screwed up. You get the judge over, and he's like, oh, okay. And, and then the third time you make an obvious mistake, or as many obvious mistakes as it takes, to get the other player to call the judge over, right? And that's when you actually get to check that box. Yes, that is riding the gravy train on tilt the judge. And then one of the other things that I see people do, which which I think you should be able to check a box for, is obsessively standing over the the game store or whoever the guy is that has the computer that shows all the ratings. Okay. So standing over that guy's shoulder, so obsessively asking about your standings between each round. Like vultures ready to feed. Right, exactly. Seriously. And, and even if you're in the lowest percentage, you know, like like maybe you're like 60th out of 61 people, but definitely standing there and being obsessive about it. Right, right. Yeah. Not letting them post, getting in the way. These are issues. These are big, big issues for people. Yeah, let the guy have some breathing room. Yeah, exactly. And and then the only other one that I could think of was it was like a great box to be able to check would be scoop while you have lethal damage on the table. Yeah, maybe point out that you have lethal damage on the table. And then scoop. I don't know, but yes, it definitely worth a box. Yeah, and then, but you'd have to finish that whole situation with. You'd look at the uh, your opponent and be like, "Here's here's how I could kill you. Uh-huh. You have no cards in hand. It's my turn. Um, you're in fact tapped out. You know, none of your man lands are going to do anything. I'm going to scoop. You get to win this game. Pay it forward. A very peace strider of you. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I believe. Uh-huh. I like and, and on that note, you know, I I think that that's good enough for for what we've had to talk about this episode. Oh no! Wait! 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 We gotta talk about that that guy. What guy? The 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 old white guy with the one eye on the poster. Late Holt got his hero. She comes with two one one. Phyrexia's streets got flat steel colossus. He weighs about 42 tons. Yeah, he's big and dumb as a creature comes, but he's stronger than an old mouth. Well, you could cast him 
hobgoblin or a knight, you're probably all grown like us just because. And they say, you don't mulligan to eight, you don't keep a one lamp hand, you don't touch the boobs of a complete stranger, and you don't mess around with tits. Stranger 